now it's time for your radio happy hour. Here we go. Okay, welcome all of the people. If for the people listening, you know, online, this room's just filled with a bunch of hot guys, and I can't wait to hear about how their dick wedding agendas are going. I'm sure we're gonna find out tonight how everybody's doing with their tinding and their swiping and their bumbling, as well as their, you know, who's got a genty tech job? Probably more than none of you. Okay, um, this dude with the computer on the right definitely has a genty tech job. I can tell by his watch and that he's still working at six o'clock on Friday. Um, my name is Amy Bebo, and it's been a minute. I haven't been doing too much uh, stage time lately. I lost my dad last year, right about this time. It's been hard to find like the jokes. It's like it's funny for me and my brother when we burn his porn. You know, but like, I don't know how that translates to the rest of the people. Um, I did learn not to try to burn a bunch of porn as like a brick. You know, it's like, I understand like fire, you know, it's like you have the logs and you have to make like a teepee or something. And we tried to like just douse, you know, like a porn basket with gasoline and light it on fire. And it, it didn't work. You know, we just kept having to like rearrange it and just get a lot closer to the magazines than we wanted to. And uh, yeah, porn cone is what you need to make if you're going to burn a bunch of porn. Just, you know, like a porn cone, like kind of like a Christmas tree of porn. And I, the worst part was that my brother and I, like, we got over it. We were like, we burned the porn. And, and then it was like, we had shit to do. The porn wasn't fully burned. Um, and it was like kind of raining out and we ran out of gasoline. And um, this is up in like rural Wisconsin where you would expect that that would be happening. And so we left and we left the porn on, and it was still kind of smoldering so we couldn't really cover the fire and we, we were just tired of being there. We were also burning like my grandparents' tax returns from like the 1900s, you know, like in a fire right along with my dad's porn. So it was like many generations of honoring of the ancestors. So um, we left and, and I came back like probably 10 days later because I was ha still having to deal with like processing all of his stuff. And there were like quarter pages of burn porn that had gotten like blown in the wind like all over in the woods and I had to go on a little like discovery mission to uh, you know just just pick those up I mean like some of it's gonna get like it's back to nature it's just paper you know luckily we're not printing our porn on plastic yet completely a lot of plastic inside the photos but not as you know so yeah I, uh, I did have to trek around some Wisconsin woods and uh, pick up you know, quarter pages of burn blowjobs. It's, you know, it's, it's part of the death process. It's part of the grieving. And yeah, so I, I haven't been doing as much, as much comedy since then, but we are going to have a fun night tonight. I know we're going to hear a lot about stuff that feels non-consensual, but I did agree to be here. So our first person that we have coming up, I have to look at the picture I took on my phone because I don't remember. I'm self-absorbed. Um, you know, you would expect, as you would expect. I didn't take a picture of it. Who, who's my Who's my guy? We bring it to me. Aw, such a kind person. Aditya Shankar is gonna regale us with humorous stories. Thank you so much. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Ready for some comedy? Yeah, it's coming up right after I finish whatever it is I'm doing up here. Now. Uh, so my family comes from like a pretty conflict-ridden region of the world, right? There's a big clash of cultures. People are kind of always arguing whether the border was drawn the right way and stuff. 
you know, like right on the edge of New Hampshire and Massachusetts? Yeah. You sir, you must be from like the New England area as well, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, gotta be. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, but I am from the Boston area originally. Uh, kind of have like the stereotypical Boston story, you know. Uh, my family came over from Dublin back in like the 1800s, right? No, no, I'm kidding, obviously. No, no they came over on the Mayflower, actually. Um, I guess they thought it'd be good to have like a translator or two with all the Indians here, I guess. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But there were some stereotypical parts of my upbringing in Boston, right? Like a lot of parents in the Boston area, my parents really wanted me to grow up to be like Matt Damon. Right, I mean, man, was he good at math and goodwill hunting. I mean, <laughs> parents were really hoping. Didn't work out so well, unfortunately. No, but I'm living out here now, and I feel like everyone around here is just always trying to maximize their productivity, right? Like, all the time, right? Like, even during your commute, you should just be wasting no time, right? Which is why I don't understand all the animosity towards Muni, right? I mean, do you realize how much you can get done on a three-stop Muni ride? Like, I'll finish a season of The Wire, teach myself Mandarin, and then forget Mandarin before I get to work every morning, you know? <laughs> like the other day between Powell and Montgomery Station, right, I saw a receding hairline. And it wasn't that I saw a guy with a receding hairline, right? I mean, I literally saw that hairline take a step back, right? Like if physically aging on your commute every morning isn't productivity, then I don't know what is, right? Because you can just check that box off for the day, right? Aging, done. Now, but when you look around on the train, you can kind of always tell like who reads those like productivity self-help books, right? Because it'll always just be like that gunner taking his morning dump on the train, right? And you're like, I mean, come on, man! Like this isn't Bart, you know? Like, um, I think that was the title of the book, though, right? How to win friends and influence people while pooping on Muni, right? I think that was it. That was it, right? No, no, no Dale Carnegie super fans here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Um, and if you're sitting there saying, oh, come on, people don't actually poop on Muni. Well, you have never been on Muni before. <sighs> now that uh, Trump's in the, uh, the White House, I've been doing like a lot of reflecting on Obama and his presidency, right? And remember when Obama was running for office, everyone was like, he's the kind of guy you want to get a beer with, you know, just so relatable. It's like, and think about the last person you all got a beer with. Do you really want that person leading the free world? Like, last person I got a beer with started like, like, what was it? What did he start? Um, I, I messed this up already. I'm just going to cut that out. Sorry. No. <laughs> no. Um, I was driving. Uh, I had this kind of like upsetting experience on the road the other day. Um, I was driving along, got to this intersection, and uh, let, I let this other guy go ahead of me, right? No acknowledgement from the guy, right? Nothing to just say thanks, right? I mean, it was a self-driving car, but still, there's got to be some kind of acknowledgement, right? That's why I'm not buying this whole like self-driving car phenomenon, right? Until this thing can adequately give someone the finger when they blow through a red, I'm just not buying it, right? And I don't want some mechanical finger either, right? There's like something about a blood and flesh bird that really just says, go fuck yourself, that I don't think any like like machine can ever really replicate, right? All right, guys, I think I'll wrap it up there. That's kind of all I wanted to try out. Yeah. <laughs> Right, from the mean streets of Boston. All right, uh, yeah, so, yep, let's see what we're talking about. Oh yeah, death, that's, that's hilarious, good times. Um, I think we're just gonna move it along because I, I found out that our next comic has a date. He's, are you gonna go somewhere genty? Where are you taking your date? Oh, 
Okay, she's just coming home. That sounds so romantic. I love what we're doing these days with relating with the men and the women. I just, I'm just so proud of you guys. Just, I just am. All right, Utsav. All right, here he is. I will donate in a moment when I find my cash. You know what? I found my cash. Now I need this. No, I'm kidding. What's up, y'all? Indians following Indians instead of other Indians? Fuck yeah. I grew up in India, so this feels like math class or all classes because I actually grew up in it. You're not from Boston, dude. You're Indian, all right? <laughs> and I didn't go to like, – I actually grew up in India. I'm here on a visa and everything. Um, I am what they call a fob, like fresh off the boat. That's like a – that used to be a racial slur. Now people don't say it because the only boats we're on are like rental cruises and like – <laughs> we're rich guys we made it no we're not um all right we'll only talk about dating because i have a date but um in defense of of my situation it's because so this girl was like oh you make the best chai because that's what my profile says because i do i'm like fucking good and like there's no one that can beat me at my chai game i'm a novice in the ramen game probably shitty at stand-up but chai i will fucking crush i so i told her that and she was like well you gotta share i was like fine but like I don't know, can I trust you not to monetize my mom's chai recipe? She's like, no, you gotta, you gotta, you know, teach me. I was like, fine, but you have to come over and I'll invite you to high tea, it's a whole thing. She's like, fine, I'll come over. So we're not that trashy, we're actually kind of classy the way we do it back in India. Yeah, it's Mother's Day weekend and my mom's getting me laid. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I let's do more dating shit. I always get in weird situations with dating. Um, especially with dating apps, uh, I took a Jewish girl out. Her name was Kelsey, um, and I took her to Cobb's Comedy Club, and uh, we saw Robert Kelly. And if you if you know Robert Kelly, right? He's like a, a large, three hundred pound, white, bald man. Kind of looks like a large ostrich egg. And uh, so we went out. Great date. It was fine. Everything worked out. And then later that week, I was making memes because I make a joke a day on Instagram because I'm a fucking techie. And uh, when I was making memes, I was like, Robert Kelly kind of sounds like Kelsey. So I downloaded Robert Kelly's headshot, superimposed Kelsey's Bumble profile picture on his bald head, painted it black and white, and called it Robert Kelsey Live at Cobb's Comedy Club. <laughs> And I sent it to no one except to Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey never texted me back. Um, but I, I, you know, I slept over it, and I realized the next day it was a horrible move. And I texted her, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that." And she was like, "You know what? You're cool and funny, but uh, I think we should be just friends." Dot dot dot. I'm sorry. And uh, I texted her back saying, "As long as you think I'm funny, because that's all." <laughs> you know what I mean? You know it's comedy over everything when you'd rather go out on a bad joke than bad sex. Am I right, friends? Um, that's the only dating thing I'm working on. I think I'm a minute short, but I'll leave it here. I gotta go. That's fine. Sab is rushing to go get his chai on. I like it. I like it. Um, so you're gonna make chai. Is this a first date? First chai making day. That's a good way to get the lady into your house. You know, you're just like, you're like, oh no, we're going to make this really amazing chai. So, I mean, you learned when you were like a chai boy growing up in like the mean streets of Mumbai or what? No, just kidding. This dude's, he's, he, 
<laughs> I, I can't say things. I'm so afraid I can't say anything. I'm such a racist, you know? So happy to see the smiling face of Pam Benjamin walking in here. Pam Benjamin. I think we should all give it up for Pam just because we noticed that she's here because she fucking works so hard for the people. And do the people care? It's fucking doubtful. I do. But you know what I mean? I don't trust any of those sons of bitches. I don't trust anyone. Um, I thought I had a good relationship like with my housemates. My, my housemates, I live in a sweet spot in Oakland. I manifested it through divine providence. I, I didn't, like it was, it was an amazing manifestation. So the other day, like I've been living there a year and a half and, and I'm a jewelry designer. I have sweet beads, a lot of sweet shit. I've been keeping that shit in my room. I never get to use it because like I don't want to expand in this crazy cat, crazy cat lady's like space, you know, because I'm, I'm a little scared of her. So finally I like felt a little bold. I'm like, hey, can I sit on my bead table out here? She's like, yeah, that'd be great. I love creative people in my spot, right? So, okay, so then the cat comes home from getting surgery. Long story, cat got surgery. Lady's on vacation, like, as her cat's almost dying, like, pre-surgery, you know? Like, I'm forced fucking feeding this cat medication. I'm cutting dates short. I'm going home at 7 a.m., you know what I mean? So I can be home. Like, I didn't even get to where I was going until 3 a.m., you know? So I'm, I'm coming back by 7 a.m. just so that I can be there to give an assist to my other housemates so we can force medicate this cat. You know what I mean? Bitches on vacation. God bless her. And, like, in the meantime, comes back, cat has surgery. I'm trying to make some fucking jewelry because I found a market where I'm crushing it. And cat gets loose because she didn't secure him in the laundry room, so her bad. Uh, cat's, like, fucking gimping all around with the cone on its head. And she's like, it's going to brace a stitch, and it was $6,000 or whatever. She comes running past my bead table you know, into her laundry sculpture, which lives in the main room of the house all the fucking time. It's like, bitch, your laundry be dry. You know, like it's been on there for six days. So she comes cruising around and instead of running into her fucking dirty panties, I guess they're supposed to be clean, you know, whatever. But she knocks over my beads onto the fucking ground, like four trays of like thousands of dollars worth of sweet ass beads that I've been collecting for 20 years. And I go like this, as you would if all your shit just hit the ground. And it's beads, they're fucking small. And I go, you know, and she goes, this demon came out of her face. She goes, the cow's more important. And I was like, right. So then she starts freaking out at me, screaming at me and tells me, that I have no job and don't do anything. And I'm like, oh, bitch, please. Like, you're really jealous. Plus, I just fucking forced medicated your cat for four days. You know what I mean? That's doing something. Some people would call that cat sitting. Some people call cat sitting a fucking job. Not to mention, flips over my beads. I'm like, bitch, that's my job that you threw on the floor that you don't care about. So I am moving out of the Bay Area for the summer and going to be house sitting in Utah in the mountains for the wonderful and beautiful and talented professional mountain climber Mike Lebecki and fuck the crazy cat bitch she never even apologized so you know that's Bay Area housing for you I'm not bringing anybody over to have chai you know like it's just not happening um so yeah that that happened last week so that was like I mean when you see your housemate turn into a demon like right in front of you and then they have like the control because they own like the space you can't live like that zero tolerance policy who's my next comic <laughs> who is it Jet, where's Jet at? Jet, my brother. Jet's coming up, he's looking fly, he's looking good. I wish you success on all your dick wedding missions. On all my what? I'm not sure what that means, but you know, I trust you. I just do, you're a very trustworthy person. I could tell. I'm wondering why you don't trust others. Didn't you say that, I don't trust anyone?
That's bullshit. Totally. And you don't even know how much I get it. Because I... Thank you. I can't, I really, like, the fact that you just said what you said, I'm a little bit hypnotized right now. How many of you have ever been hypnotized? Good? Yeah? I have. You are right now. <laughs> you guys, did, did you think this was an open mic, or did you know this was a self-help seminar? I'm a little thrown off yeah, right now, actually. Actually, you threw, okay, let me get back to the main subject. Uh, what was your name, by the way, the hostess? My name's Amy Bebo. Amy Bebo. It's so nice to meet you, and I just, I need your attention, actually. I know you're busy, but um, I collect crypto kitties, uh -huh. so I totally get this whole cat thing you were going off on. Uh -huh. Because the other day, I mean, these are digital cats, right? This is one I'm bidding on right now. How many own Bitcoin? There, okay, we got a guy here, owns Bitcoin, all right. How many own CryptoKitties? Well, you all need to get with it. This is the Steph Curry Kitty. Currently on sale, the first ever licensed by an athlete cat. Guess how much the old Steph Curry Kitty's going for right now? 95000 don't worry, there's still 30 days left in the auction. Dollars. <laughs> yeah. Good question. Thanks. What's your name? Warhol. Warhol. What? But his tail looks like a monkey that's racist. Why is that racist? His tail looks like a cat tail. It looks like a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> The crypto kitties uh, are uh, asexual until you breed them. So, for instance, if you wanted to buy the Steph Curry kitty for a hundred thousand, you could breed the Steph Curry kitty, and then you'll have kitty seeds. So it's an investment, all right. So, as part of the self-help thing that we're dealing with here, I want you all to know that you too can be rich if you get it, crypto kitty. All right, and I happen to sell them. Right? I know. Figured out the other day, this girl totally has a crush on me. I was reading the glossies in the, in the store. Picked it up. I'm like, look at the way she's looking at me. Can you tell? Devora? You see the look in her eyes? Is that what you think? It's just, did you say it's just another girl ignoring me or a girl? You know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to be passive aggressive with you right now. You know why? You know why I'm so good at being passive aggressive? Because not only was I raised Catholic, but then found out through 23andMe that I'm Jewish. So my passive-aggressive game is pretty high level, right? You know about this stuff. But now, I'm passive-aggressive with emoticons, LOL. That looks happy. This is 
Right. I got a great face for podcasting. Right? I know, right? Right? How many in here are furries? Awesome. What's your name? Furry. I'm your, your, yeah, your, your, if you're your animal form. Bob? Bob? Uh, do you have a certain, like, this is my friend Spoticus Cheetah. He's a, he's a cheetah. Super cool dude. Are you? Right on. Do you do realize that when I'm not talking on the microphone, I'm having panic attacks? So can I, five? Thanks, I'll take six. Great, thanks. I'll take six. <laughs> I, I promise. Yeah. I'm doing, uh, yeah. You two, both of you kind of flirting with me. You can tell I've been, yeah. You can tell I've been up in my game, huh? I said, this is a woman at the party the other night. She said, so uh, what do you do? I said, I'm a Segway tour guide. She said, what else do you do? That's all. Come on up. Well, that was interesting. Thank you so much, Jet. Um, somebody else is going to be next. I'm going to look at the list. I took a picture of it, but, you know. Ah, Luke. Luke what? Newman. Why don't people write their names so we can read that shit? Luke Newman. Where, where, where my boy Luke Newman at? All right, you're just going to come right up. He's going to get it. I don't have that much follow-up from Jet. He had a lot of pieces of paper. You got your donation. We're, we're taking donations in Mutant Radio, you know? It's, it's a thing. Boom! All right. Thank you. Boy, how am I going to follow that? I like, you shouldn't have, like, papers that you're flowing, throwing on the ground because if you bomb, then you got to pick up the papers afterwards. And it's just the worst. You don't want to, like... Only if you kill can you be like, oh, let me just collect my dignity, you know. <laughs> um, is it? All right. Um, all right, let's get into some. Well, I'll start light. I'll start off light. Um, if, if Hitler were transgender, um, would you guys mind if I misgendered him? Guys, mind? Did you just say it was funny? Well, that's. If that wasn't funny, then. Uh, if if Mussolini, this is a. This is a, th a rule of three thing. I have two more examples. So if you didn't like the first one, then you act like the second one. And if. I don't know. If Mussolini was gay, would you mind if I called him a fag? I don't know. Should I not have said that? Can I not use the F word to 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 to, to, to describe a fucking evil ass dude? I can't. Oh, it's just in, it's inaccurate. You know what I mean? It's offensive, right? Or just inaccurate. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I, I should, I should, I should, I should say, um, I should say that it's not him, him, uh, Mussolini killing a bunch of people doesn't make him gay. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, how oh, he killed 7 million people or whatever the number was. I didn't do the research. It's like, yeah, 
damn, he, he, he must be gay. I don't know. Um, but the third example would be if Kanye West were white. Would you guys mind if I called him? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Part of that joke is that I don't actually say the N-word. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. So I know some of you guys are looking at me, and you're like, this guy This guy looks like he's a white guy. You know, you guess that you got the, you're looking at me, you're prejudging. Um, but you're 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 correct actually. So that's true. I'm a white guy, uh, guilty. You know. Um, it's true, man. White guilt is a real thing, man. White people are guilty of a lot of shit. You know what I mean? And and uh, as white people, we got we got to walk around with that guilt. You know what I mean? With that shame. It's hard, man. It's hard to walk around with that. You know what I mean? Like. Black people have no idea. <laughs> How hard it is. <laughs> it's rough, man. That's why black people got that swagger. They got that clean conscience. Walking around. White people gotta walk around like we just like a fucking chihuahua to just shit the fucking shit on the couch and shit. And, uh, sorry. Alright. All right. Well, let me let me. Uh, I got a couple of dollars. Listen, I'm not rich. You know what I mean. It's what I, I'm giving. So whatever, what my white privilege can afford me, with dumping this thing here, a couple of dollars. Oh, no! Oh, don't fucking patronize me here. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I don't know, what should I talk about? Hitler? Hitler? Uh, uh, Robert? Uh, yeah. Fallopian. My dick, my dick is, he's uh, a good guy. He's a good, um, yeah, he is actually, but I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna let him come out of the closet because I'm not. You know, it's like, <laughs> sorry, bro. It's like, vaginas are, is where you're gonna end up. I know you want to go an asshole or whatever. I know you're t like a heat-seeking missile looking for a fucking uh, uh, Adam's apple, but you're not gonna find it. Is that it? Am I done? Okay. All right. Thank you guys very much. Thank you so much. That was Luke Newman. That was very entertaining, especially the last part. Um, you know, I always think we should encourage people to tell us what's going on with their dicks. I mean, you guys do grow up your whole life, like with the television teaching you that the most important thing is that it should be gratified. You know what I mean? And that, that is the job of not only all the women and the culture, you know, so we do like to hear how that's going. Um, I do, I do, you know, cause I mean, I'm a big fan of the D as it turns out.
All right, um, let's see. We have uh, one more funny comic coming up next. Finally bringing some more lady energy up in here. Unless, I mean, the flowers make me feel like I can call her a lady, but then this is San Francisco, so I don't want to like fucking like assume you're all cis and shit, you know? I don't want to make assumptions about people, but I do, and I judge, and it gets me by. So uh, we have a sweet person coming up here, Devorah. Kosnan, here we go. I'm gonna start reading the names before I get up here. I am cis and shit. <laughs> I think I'm gonna put that on my Facebook profile, just cis and shit. I'm feeling pretty inspired after these last few sets. I think I wanna start holding a workshop for male comedians about what not flirting is. <laughs> like eye contact and not actively running away is not flirting. Okay, Jet, Warhol, <laughs> Warhol Jet. <laughs> you implied it in your set. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to teach you the passive aggressiveness. I thought you, I thought you were learning more passive aggressiveness. Okay, this is great. Starting out great. So who's happy that they have white privilege? I'm definitely glad that I have that. Um, yeah, it took me a while to realize I had white privilege. Like the first time I realized it, my mom was picking me and a friend up from high school and she turned around to my friend and she was just like, isn't it so great that we're white? And then she turned around and kept on driving and I was like, oh my gosh, like I turned to my friend, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, like my mom is so racist. Um, but I think she meant it in a woke way, like I think she meant it as in like, oh shit, we're white, like look at all that we're getting away with right now, like I'm actively like ignoring all the traffic rules just <laughs> driving like a crazy person but it's all good um another instance of my white privilege working is I used to shoplift a lot and <laughs> thanks Max thank you I wasn't good at it but I was persistent so I kept on doing it like I would walk into a store just like instantly like looking guilty and I only got in trouble after getting caught about like 10 times like at the 10th time the security guards were like okay this isn't cute anymore and I was like are you sure it's not cute like look at me like are you sure you want to get me in trouble I feel like I'm just driving up the value of all your products right now if people see me stealing all this they're like you're right you're right um, another instance of my white privilege working is I got blackout drunk at a drag brunch, as many a white girl does in San Francisco, and I really had to pee, and the closest bathroom was in a police station, so my friends took me to the police station. That was like to them, that was the most logical thing to do. They were like, okay, you're drunk. We need to take care of you. Let's take you to the police. I used the bathroom. I went outside. I took a nap, and nothing happened. I was just passed out in front of the police station. Like, 
I feel like that's just a perfect example of white privilege working. Like the story ends with like nothing happened. Um, yeah, speaking of naps, <laughs> anyone want to take a nap in a Yale dorm room? Did you guys hear that story of the black student who, like, a white student called the cops on a black student for taking a nap in the dorms? <sighs> Where am I going with this? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm writing from the stage right now, guys. Yeah, I feel like if white people started using naps as protests, like, I would be 110% in, like, I'm not the best ally, but I love taking naps, so if anyone wants to go and take naps just to demonstrate white privilege, I'm totally down with that. Um, yeah, I also realized my ableist privilege recently when someone asked me the greatest physical pain I've ever experienced. Do you guys want to know the greatest physical pain I've ever experienced? Yeah. Sunburns and UTIs. That's the greatest physical pain. I feel like that's basic like white girl pain right there. But I feel it deep in my soul whenever they run out of pumpkin spice syrup at Starbucks. And yes, I am playing into that stereotype because it does apply to me. Okay, well, I think, Pam, I'll start to rent out your mutiny radio space for that workshop on what not flirting is. Okay. Ooh, thank you so much, Deborah. We can call it Bitches Don't Want You, I think, you know? Or is that too harsh? How to tell if bitches don't want you? I don't know. Is I think... There's so many ways to tell. Um, first of all, you should just assume that we don't. Um, despite that, you've been misled, you know what I mean, by your culture and your TV, this giant screen time device, the giant STD that everybody's always like looking at. That's what we call our phones. My friend and I, we call them STD, screen time device. Um, you know, so then we can say like things like, ooh, it's gross. You're fingering your STD in public, you know? Why do you have to do that? It's gross. Um, we have a lot of songs about phones and how annoying they are. I'm, I'm, I'm fully addicted. He calls me like the screen queen, our lady of perpetual screen time. These are some of my fine, fine um, names that my best friend slash housemate that I've been living with gets to call me. Um, so what I was talking about before was that, that thing that happened at my house. Um, what happened there was a douche ripple. Okay, so what a douche ripple is, is when somebody does a douche-like behavior, because we don't necessarily want to label that every time someone does a douche-like behavior, they're, they're like a douche. But if they create, you know, they do a douche-like behavior, it creates a ripple of unhappiness, you know, just beyond one person and into the beyond, like now you have to hear about it, you know what I mean? It makes everyone happy, brings everyone down, it's a douche ripple. So then that person is a douche rippler. You know, so yeah, you can, you know, feel free to call anyone out as a douche rippler if, if they are one, you know, that it's hard to like counter a douche ripple. You have to do it with like the truth or love. I think a truth ripple can counter a douche ripple. The thing about waves is that to really neutralize a wave, you have to have an equal wave to hit it. And then that's how they cancel each other out. That happens in the ocean. It's, it's actual science and physics and shit. Um, so if you have a strong douche ripple somewhere in your life, and we've all been on both sides, we've all been a douche rippler and we've all been swept up in, in the douche rip ripple. I mean, like right now, Trump, he's like one of the world's largest douche ripplers just out there creating like tsunamis of terrible consequences. 
you know, for people in in many places, and uh, we are very sad about that. And it's not funny. It's not funny, Amy. Um, so hopefully, maybe our next comic is gonna be funny. We never really know what we're gonna get with our dear friend Warhol Kaufman. Bring it, bring it, bring us some jokes. Tell us about your dick. Uh, I'm really glad. You guys aren't attracted to me, but I just wish you would say it in front of my girlfriend because it could make my life a lot easier if you'd say it when she was around. Cool. I was hanging, I'm serious. I was hanging out with Jade and I'll play her this recording. I was hanging out with Jade and I was, I meant to do this set without uh, saying Jade's name. You know this joke that's about Jade? I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it without saying Jade's name. <laughs> From the top. So I was chilling with my friend, and um, and I was like, do you have a drink? And she was like, I just have this cleaning vodka in the freezer. And I was like, um, cleaning vodka in the freezer? That's fascinating. That's not a thing. She was like, it is totally a thing. My mom does that. She keeps cleaning. I was like, Jade, your mom is an alcoholic. This set is sponsored by the Terrio family. Um, I heard that apparently Lawrence Terrell tried to get into the NFL. I'm such an athlete. He auditioned, you know, but he didn't get called back. Uh, and I pity the fool who wouldn't put Mr. T in the NFL. Uh, this is not so much a joke as a history question that I'm too lazy to Google. Were the back of Roman togas covered in shit? Seems like they would be. Keep it going. Keep the silence going. Keep speaking into the void. Keep believing that this will replace your lack of parental love as a small child. I think it's interesting that all automobile trunks now have lights in them and some have emergency handles because so many people were stuffed into the trunk for so many decades. The first hundred, first thousand people, they're idiots. How they get locked in a trunk after 40 years of... Now we, uh, we're moving forward. When I was in high school, everyone told me I was gay, and their main reasoning, uh, as they explained it to me very loudly and with spittle, was I, uh, most of my friends were girls. I just, I like hanging out with women, so I guess that makes me gay. I haven't had lobster in a while, and if you have eaten lobster recently, you are probably a piece of shit. <laughs> Who can afford an apartment? I feel like Kevin Durant is my ex. Every time I see him, I'm so conflicted. I have so many feelings. I hate you. I love you. Come back. Go away. I don't need your curries here. I want to buy a box of donuts and just walk around and hand them out to police and film it. <laughs> and when I die, maybe my special will go viral. Apparently, uh, like, my appearance, the fact that I don't shave, I have long hair, it implies to people that I am unintelligent. Because having short hair equals intelligence because the smartest thing you can do is spend hours of your life, days, weeks of your life with a repetitive task that just has to be repeated 
day in, week in, and month in and out. Hit close to home. Sorry, I apologize. I'll take it back. All right, monkey prostitution. You know, monkey prostitution is a thing. They uh, uh, apparently scientists introduced monkeys to a form of currency that they would trade back for food, and immediately uh, the monkeys started trading them for sex. Like that was the first thing that happened. It really is the oldest profession. I love it. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story that really inspired me. Uh, a few years ago, my friend drove me to the mission. I'm sure I was tracking down a mic or some bullshit. And uh, she didn't care about that. So she just went elsewhere. And I guess she took a nap in her car. But the other thing she did, I found fascinating. Uh, she showed me this video after. Apparently, this guy had come up to her on the street and said, hey, would you give me a blowjob? And she was like, all right, fine. And so they went to this alley and she gets down and she pulls out her phone and she films a blowjob from the POV perspective I've never seen before. And this guy isn't hard. He's just like kind of intimidated and she's making fun of him. She's like, oh yeah, what's wrong? I thought you wanted something. Oh, come on, cowboy. Give it to me, rodeo. <laughs> Some time to land that that was that was not hard dicks do make us sad though but I don't get so angry like that you know what I mean but like if it's just like so sad I, I saw this undercover cop with the smallest little dick once it was just like so tiny and like misshapen and and then when the police were like busting down my door you know what I mean they're like Minneapolis police what's going on I'm like I'm giving my boyfriend a massage they're like what's his name I'm like officer micropene obviously you know oh it's so small and then he's like it's a gross misdemeanor I'm like wouldn't be so gross you know if we had something to work with my friend you know all those muscles aren't happen helping you at all you could tell he was a cop um, so what else is happening in the world? Um, I'm sick of seeing those like vape pens. We call them douche flutes. You know, like you just, you can't be at like a roofy patio in the marina, you know, without being enveloped in like a cloud of that vape shit, you know? Vape, is if it's a weed vape pen, I'm into it. If it's a fucking nicotine douche flute with a, you know what I mean, a canister this big, like one side has like cherry bomb in it and the other side has like just liquid GHB, you just like open it up. That's, I think that that's what they're gonna start putting in those, you know what I mean? Like a twofer. You put your douche flute tobacco in one side and like your roofie in the other and you just hang out at patios, isn't that? Part of the dick wedding, wedding agenda. I don't know. It feels like a way it would work. I'm just trying to help you guys out. Give you like some more suggestions, you know. I want your dicks to be satisfied. Um, with that being said, oh, there's my brother with the guitar. Now it's fun. All right. Uh, we have a comic. His name's Arjun Bannery. He's going to tell jokes. Get up here, dude. He's going to make a donation. I like to put people on the spot. <laughs> I just... May, may I come back to you a million times? May I come back to you a million times? Yes. Well, no, not today. It was Tuesday. Anyway, sorry I was late. I'm on medication that makes me not want to do things. Yeah, I know. It's okay. The medica It's okay. The medication I'm on, they're pretty good. For example, if every girl's like, hey, my last ex-boyfriend, he was crazy. I can be like, don't worry. I'm on heavy anti-psychotics. 
You know, like you got nothing. No, but I am I am bipolar. That when I'm you know bipolar is manic depressive. So like when I'm depressed, I'm like oh I want to kill myself. And then when I'm manic, I'm like oh I want to kill myself. But on a skateboard, you know. How silly is that joke? Does that joke work better if I was didn't open with the fact that the medication is negatively affecting my life? I bet it is. I bet it is. Because, you know, if I talk about it like it's funny, some people might forget that I, it's an illness. So here's the next joke about it. Uh -huh. It's a good joke, I promise. Here's the weird thing about being mentally ill, is I have to buy my will to live from Walgreens. <laughs> You know, I have to go to the same place where I buy bags of flaming hot Cheetos and like, one ability to maintain positive relationships, please. And then on the way out, I walk past a bunch of knockoff Hot Wheels. It's a weird experience. Then I go out onto the street and I see a bunch of homeless people with the same disease I have, except my dad has money. Uh, that's the one difference. Uh, that and I guess I, I haven't had time to go completely insane yet. So, maybe it'll happen. No, it won't, because my dad will just keep making money. Oh, you know what? I should make money. Damn, I have to make money to stay sane. That's bullshit. Anyways, LaCroix. What? Nope. That's wrong. Here's the joke. Depression feels like LaCroix tastes. You know? Have you ever had LaCroix and you're like, this tastes like nothing, yet somehow tastes bad? That's what depression feels like. Mania, on the other hand, feels like cocaine, I think. I've never tried cocaine, but it's not good. It means I can't trust my feelings. Uh, like, for example, sometimes I'm like, do I really love, am, am I manic right now, or do I really genuinely love Adam Sandler movies? You know, because genuinely, generally I don't. But sometimes I do. Or worse, what if I'm manic and I have LaCroix? Then I'll like it. See, that's a callback. I thought about that, and I was like, this'll make these jokes work, and it didn't. But that skateboard joke, people like, I think the anti-psychotic, people like that joke pretty, pretty much. And I know, I, David, you are wrong. It depends on why you're laughing. But the main point is, I do too. It's a good joke. I'm just not sure if it's meaningful or has any real purpose to me saying it. I do. Anyways, what's my joke? Ugh. One minute. <laughs> Here's a joke. Ah, uh, okay. That's better. Because if it was that one statement, because I say that at the starts of my set sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I say one joke and I'm like, okay, what is the next one? And then I ask the crowd and then they never respond because they haven't looked at the set list I forgot to make. Uh -huh. Here's my final joke, which is unrelated to mental illness. I recently got my credit card stolen. The person spent $341 at a Ross. I think they just bought a Ross. Yeah? I like to imagine that conversation they had with themselves when they got, they found my credit card. They were like, oh shit, free money? Do I want nice things? No. And then went to a Ross in Richmond, right? Oh. <laughs> June, good to see he's medicated. Um, it's always a bummer, the whole bipolar thing. People take medicine. I have friends who, who have that. It's It sucks. It sucks your will to live, but, you know, yet you can still stay indoors, you know? So it's like, it's a trade-off, you know? So blessings on that journey. Our next comic, 
uh, is, you know, also a man. And, you know, let's see what he has to say about his life and his mental illnesses and whatnot. All right. Come on up here. Stephen Masai. Stephen. Stefan, yes, Stefan Massey. No, it's okay. I don't feel like I'm in the comedy community if people don't keep fucking my name up or alive in general. Um, did you were you all like indoors today or something? Like, why am I the only one in this room not wearing pants? Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm just I'm just the weird one. Okay, I can accept that. That's how it's always been. On that note, let's keep the mental illness express a rolling here. Uh, I went to uh, autism spectrum disorder group therapy for the first time. Uh, <laughs> on Monday, uh, and it was a very fruitful first session. It was, it was very productive. Uh, I made a major breakthrough, that, and which is that I don't ever want to go to Autism Spectrum Disorder Group Therapy ever again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's clearly for people who have it much worse off than me. Like, uh, the, the, you know, the baddest it gets for me is I can make eye contact with one of you for two seconds, then I have to stare at the ceiling for the next five minutes. Um, yeah, it was it was weird. Uh, I you know I came in and I was like you know I think I'm just gonna observe this time. That's okay. I'm not gonna you know really uh, in, interact with people much. And, and the leader was like, oh okay, yeah, that's cool. And then before it ended, someone points at me like, hey, he didn't say anything. And and you know it was like, does she think I'm trying to infiltrate this this group of social misfits like trying to learn their secrets? They have these people unable to be a functional part of society. They have so much they can teach us. We must learn their ways. Yeah, I booked it. I booked it out of there. I got. I like within the first five minutes, I wanted to leave, and like by the time it was finally over, I I, I didn't even use the bathroom, and I had to go really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, ran out of there, and I don't know what I'm gonna do now. Like I don't know what the what the alternative is. Now I think I might just be an asshole. I think that's the, just the the diagnosis now. Um, and perhaps because of that, I uh, have. I just realized recently, uh, I've been single for ten years. Uh, that's not a lamentation or a brag. No, don't, 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 no. People, why do people like, I always bring up that I'm on the spectrum or that I've, that I've been single for X amount of time and, pe- and one person always has to be like, oh yeah, no, no, incorrect. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird and it comes up in very strange ways as well. Like I was at an open mic a couple months ago and this buddy of mine saw me doing comedy for the first time and I was sandwiched in between two comics who were talking about nothing but their sex lives and I get, and I go up and then we, we, and when we got out of there, uh, he said to me, yeah. It was interesting seeing you work clean. Like, okay, wasn't really going for that, but all right. Like, it's, but it's, you know, not to get too meta about it, but I think it is apropos that, that uh, turn of phrase, doing it clean, because people are messy, um, and I, I don't want that. I, I, I just, I don't want a relationship. I just, I just want a dog. And, and now I have one, actually. Uh, my my uh, roommate moved in a couple a week, two weeks ago, and he uh, brought his pug, Elton, with him. His name is John. Elton, John, get it? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. That's yeah. That's indicative of his level of uh, of humor. Uh, not that I'm like you know on a much higher echelon. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, pugs are awesome, and they're also the greatest monuments to man's hubris, because we basically took wolves and bred them down until they became a cross between wolves and frogs. They're these things that can't freaking breathe. If you've ever heard a pug, it sounds like... 
They, they need people to live. Like if you leave a pug unattended, uh, it will like die without human att attention. Uh, actually, uh, it was just, uh, Elton was just waiting. He works nights, so Elton was just waiting on the rug. And, and there's, if you've ever seen a pug waiting for its master, there's nothing more mournful in this world than a pug just staring at the door waiting for someone to come home. And... <laughs> So I went and I got, uh, and, and because uh, he had these huge eye boogers, they, they accumulate really quickly. And uh, I went and I got a napkin, and I had to like chase him around for uh, for like five minutes until he finally sat still and let me dab them out of his eyes. And I got him clean, and it was it was incredibly rewarding. And like you can't get that with people. People uh, in in five the space of five minutes, you cannot earn a person's trust. Not that I'm out here dying to swab people's eye boogers out or anything. All right, I'm Stephen Massey. Thanks. Ah, Stefan Massey. I'm going to know how to say that from now on. Um, hey, before you got here, I didn't even have the list with me, and I was making other people read it, so I don't, I don't host a lot. But uh, we have a next comic coming up, a very funny lady. We're lucky she's here, Annette Mullaney. Woo! She's got leggings on. My boy Mike likes that. Yeah, you're all so lucky. Fucking <laughs> be grateful. Um, are you guys familiar with the Irish goodbye? Yeah. yeah, it's where you get drunk and you bounce without telling anyone at a party. Um, as an actual uh, official Irish person, I have the citizenship. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's actually an accurate Irish goodbye. I'd say a more accurate one would be to emotionally disconnect and stay in a marriage <laughs> for 30 years and just not speak to your spouse until you die. Um, they made divorce legal in 1996, the Irish. It's, it's a fun country. Um, and now gay marriage is legal. They've changed a lot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a weird place. Um, it does have a very realistic take on love, possibly due to having to live with people you hate for a long time. Um, I went to my cousin's wedding uh, in Ireland, and every single speech didn't mention romance, didn't mention love. Uh, all they talked about, like my uh, uncle got up and he was like, well, met Michael. Everyone is named Michael. Met Michael, haired worker. My daughter's a haired worker. Uh, and that was it. <laughs> that was the entire speech. I found that funny. Um, I, do think, I think there's a better, like you can get drunk and want to leave a party sometimes, but I find that there's a much bigger substance related party leaving situation. Do you guys ever get high and have to leave a party immediately? And it's not so much that you're too drunk to bother telling people, but that you cannot engage with them. I'm trying to think of a way to describe that, like anxiety buy, uh, high buy, a high buy. That sounds like you're gonna say something. I had one of those yesterday. It was fun, like I arrived at the party, was past a joint and within five minutes had to leave. <laughs> I told the person nearest the door, I didn't even know them. I was like, spread it throughout the land, I must go. I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Oops, I should have queued this up. Um, nope, that's philosophy. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I don't know guys, it's weird dating dudes sometimes. Um, yeah, pretty much all the time. Uh, the worst part is, though, is when they seem surprised that, like, you'd like to actually come. 
versus <laughs> theoretically. Um, and, you know, apparently women are these puzzle boxes that only lesbians can figure out using their magical powers of trying and listening and asking if that feels good. Um, it's just so weird for me because, you know, being in the city, I've dated a lot of like engineers and tech people and I thought they understood logic and statistics. And yet how many of them have told me that their last five girlfriends all got off this way that statistically the vast majority of women don't. So we can do the Bayesian equation and see what's the likelihood that you've been lied to. Uh, suddenly they, they're not very good at math. I don't get it. Um, it's weird, it's weird. But I've been, trying to, I've been trying to take a better, like a more positive uh, look at this. Wait, did you give me the? Oh, okay. I've been trying to take a more positive look at this, right? Like try not to be too negative and work with the men at the level they're working with me. Um, so I do date a lot of hippies as well uh, because I find that that's the population here. It's like pure hippie or pure autism, not much in the middle. <laughs> no offense to seven. Um, and I, I do like to date a lot of hippies because uh, I like to be drugs adjacent. I like to be where they're at. Although I do have to say, uh, for a chick who's as big as a slut as I am, I've had to pay a lot for drugs. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. Haven't quite figured out converting to monetization yet. Gonna be working on that one. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much, I've been Annette. That was great. I can help you convert to monetization. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't had to pay for many drugs in my life, um, you know. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a slut, but that's because uh, I'm more of a whore. Um, no, I'm just kidding. These are jokes, people. Oh, it's good times. We have another comic coming up. His name is Keith Nixon. He's right here. He's going to regale us with stories of the khakis. What's been happening in these khakis, my friend? We all want to know. That's good. Yeah, it feels good. Another long week at work. Um, and then I got slut shame too. I got to talk about that. I can tell tonight. That's the one to talk about. But there's two guys at work because this is on point with stuff that I've been hearing. Two guys at work were fighting about who's gay. They're calling each other gay. The one guy says to the other guy, you're gay. And of course, that guy says to the other guy, you're gay, you know, and and I felt like, okay, and I'm watching this, so they're getting ready to fight over who's gay. And I, like, and then so they didn't fight, but that's because I kind of walked up to him and I said, you know, if you're arguing about who's gay, you're calling each other gay, you might have like some, you know, you might both be gay, you know, that's the thing. And then they got mad at me, you know, which was probably predictable also. But then I thought, you know, I don't really want to explain to them that homophobia is fear of the fact that you're gay, right? When they were going to fist fight over being gay, since that's the way that I, homophobia was explained to me anyway, is that it's a fear that 
I am becoming gay or something, something along those lines. So actually, it's not that the other person might be gay. And I mean, if I, if I have to fuck both those guys to teach them that they're not gay, I'll fucking do it. That's what I want to say. That's what I want to I'll fucking show you who's not gay. Fucking this. Fuck you guys. Okay. Glad I got that off my chest. Having to watch guys fight over who's gay. Fuck. All right. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got slut shamed this week. It was hard. It was really tough. Wednesday night it happened. I was with a group of mixed group, two ladies there, one guy, autistic, by the way. But coming off medication, he was autistic, though. I don't know. He didn't, he didn't ask me. So anyway. Um, but I was with it, yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, and then, so, they, they wanted to ask, because, you know, it's cancer stuff, you know, whatever, I haven't, I haven't had sex in a long time, and I can't, because of this cancer situation, so, you know, or maybe it's because of the, the oil embargo or something, but they tell me, the doctors tell me it has to do with cancer more, so I don't know, anyway, so they were asking, they, they asked about some, some sexual situation that, that I was in and some female in the past. And I said, well, yeah, I don't know because when they give me all this prosthetic equipment soon enough, I'm not going to actually be able to have like any fluid, you know, come out. So I'll have to find a really neat, prissy, super neat girlfriend, you know, that just loves no, no you know, no mess, nothing, something like that. And she asked me, well, did you have a girlfriend? When have you ever found a girlfriend who did like a mess? And then I felt guilty. You know, I, I said, okay, well, the last girlfriend I had liked, to, liked me to shoot in a Tupperware cup and saved it in the refrigerator, and she put it on salad. That's how she liked it. And, and, and she said, you did that to her? And I said, no, I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. I simply went out with her. She's a completely fine person there's just nothing wrong with her I don't I'm not saying anything negative about her nor you know nothing but that's what she liked to do and I called her after I was going to get the surgery and she said no you, I wouldn't go out with you if you couldn't do that that's the number one thing and she said that's not possible sperm is something we tolerate that's something we tolerate as women that's not something we desire and I said well I was a vegetarian at the time I was told it you know the flavor was right every I had pineapple juice I know. I knew what I. I mean, I was just doing what I was told. I wasn't trying to impose myself, be an oppressor of choice to her or anything like that. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not going to be. So I, I refuse to be shamed. I said for doing absolutely zero. Oh, or I, I refuse to be shamed for doing absolutely zero. I guess my time is up. And I, I'm sorry that I offended. And I'll go sit over here now quietly. Thank I went outside to smoke some weed, and I guess somebody got offended, or maybe not. Um, but we were talking about jizz, one of my favorite topics. Could talk about it all day. I mean, who doesn't love it? Um, men and women alike. I mean, you don't like jizz? Not even your own? You, do you have like your own weird like jizz phobia? What is that called? If like self-aspermophobia, or like what would you call that? If someone had like a fear, then that, and that was like why they couldn't come. I'm sure someone has that. Maybe Trump. There's a lot of shit wrong with that guy. Let's diagnose him. I mean, we have time. Um, that being said, we're going to have our friend David Roth. He's very funny. I've heard him before. I, I can say his name. David Roth. Get up here. Make us laugh. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Amy. Oh, wow, setting me up. Um, Mutiny Radio is the new place to like come and hear that all your friends have fucked up problems. This is... I'm worried. I'm a little worried about Arjun, right? He just didn't seem like he has that same smiley shine, I guess. Yeah, that's sad. And then... Yeah. Now we have... Now you're like giving a cancer survivor the light, which is just feels really cruel. Um, <laughs> it's like I already got the fucking light, Amy. Uh, I hope you're okay. I, I hope you're okay, man. I don't I don't know what you're going through, but I th- I don't know what you're going through or if you're doing stand up because of this. But I think it's really cool that you're performing, and I know it's it's not easy. So best wishes. And now, Stefan, your problems look like absolute sh- absolute shit compared to what else is going on in this room. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to play to the room. I'm going to play to the 10,000 listeners. <laughs> are you are you going to sell are you selling ads for like the commensurate of the listeners ship? I had a meeting yesterday with people that are interested. Oh yeah? Congrats. Is that you what's well, no. I'm just an artist. I just create content. Yeah, like commerce. What what kind of Jew are you? I guess. <laughs> wait, was Marx was Karl Marx was. Marx hated Jews. It's weird. Mm, yeah, we have that in common. Um, <laughs> self-loathing Jews. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Speaking of Jews, uh, that's really all. I, that's all my sets are all about. <laughs> I feel like I would do well in Israel. Um, <laughs> how many listeners are there in Israel? I've noticed that I've noticed like the levels of female aggression on dating apps are like very different, you know, like, okay, Cupid, not too, not too much female aggression, right? It's pretty tepid. And then like Tinder, they kind of like dial it up and then there's a whole, so that's like here and here. And then there's a whole other world of female aggression that I'm not tall enough to reach. And that's J-Date, the Jewish dating app. Yeah, it's crazy out there. Like, the Jews wandered the desert 40 years, completely parched. But these women on J-Date, no one has ever been thirstier. Yeah. I, like, I created a profile, and they could just, I think they could just, like, smell my kosher blood. Because uh, they just, like, swarmed like sharks. Except sharks have smaller noses. Um, I can say, I look at the schnoz, huh? But but the thing that's like got to be the most different on JDate versus like these other apps is uh, like the flirting that happens, like the way that they initiate contact on JDate. Like I imagine on Tinder, you know, someone will reach out and be like, "Oh, what do you do for fun?" or whatever. And uh, that's not at all what happens on JDate. The first the first woman that ever reached out to me on that on that app, her leading question was, "Does your family have a history of cystic fibrosis?" <laughs> I was just like, whoa. Five minutes later, she's like, why haven't you responded? I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just so rock hard right now. There's no blood left to go to my thumbs. Uh, My apologies, Shira. One minute left. Okay. Uh, What do I want to do? Okay, so I'm 36 years old. I know that it's hard to believe that with a supple Mediterranean skin, but it's true. (laughs) <laughs> that's a fun little cackle you got there, Georgie. Uh, that's rewarding. I'm going to listen to that later. 
I don't know if my is my phone on. Maybe uh, don't record, David. You're gonna fuck up the listenership. I'll download the episode, Pam. Don't yell at me. Um, so the only time that my parents ever high fived in my 36 years. Uh, only time they ever high-fived, I applied for a job at Teach for America to help out inner-city youth in East Oakland and got rejected. <laughs> I got one, fan. I can, I can handle that. All right, thank you so much. This doesn't even shake my hand. He's the only one. What, am I dirty? I'm, unfu- I'm fucking unclean up in here. I'm, I'm, I'm unclean up in here, man. Fuck. My panties dried out fast. Um, what's going on? What's going on? I mean, I was that cystic fibrosis. Fibrosis talk was hot, you know. Um, Jewish ladies, God bless them. Uh, we have Max Eddy in here. Is that is that human in this room? Max, is he outside? Is he outside? Max Eddy. All right. Well, that's that's fun for him um okay so what else has been going on in my life because that's you know I love the full sense of power like when I'm the host (laughs) you know it's really exciting for me um is Ronnie Zhao here Uh, yes how do I wrong okay that well that looks like a y it is a g Okay, well, a G, I don't know if you um, took penmanship or like what your first and second grade days were like. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm, <laughs> oh no, now I'm a terrible person. <laughs> All right, Rong Zhao, you got some comedy for us, brother? All right. I'm gonna help you make the G later, man. Thanks, thanks. Um, what's your name again? My name is Amy Bebo. Amy, thank you so much. I'm gonna talk about Jews, <laughs> but I have no material for that. <laughs> I um I was I was born on an island, off the coast of China, called Japan. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm I'm Chinese. Um, growing up, I was uh, really shy. This is weird. Have you guys watched the movie Castaway? Like this guy surviving on an island with a friend, Volleyball Wilson. I was just like him, except that I didn't have a volleyball. I had a ping pong ball. And his name is Chen Jisihan Kulamata Naranso Black. You know, I love this ping pong ball so much. I carried him everywhere I went, except when I was playing ping pong with my friends. Because I didn't want to upset him, right? Like, he watching us playing ping pong is like, I take my fish to a seafood restaurant. That's just rude, right? You don't, you don't want to take your cow to a steak place. No way, yes. Um, and also, I had this fear that, let's say, one day, you go, you, you go back home, your ping pong ball is waiting for you. <laughs> and he's like, where did you go? And I say, just hang out with my friends. And he goes, I smell another ping pong ball. 
And I'm like, yeah, there were other ping pong balls there, but I was thinking about you the entire time. <laughs> so every time after I came back, I had to spray cologne just in case. <laughs> What's that second laugh? <laughs> Um, um, so, because I was so shy, my mom's worried. She, uh, she said, Ron, you should talk more. Otherwise, how will you go to Stanford? So I, I, so I, I told my mom, Hey mom, you talk a lot. Why didn't you go to Stanford? And then she beat the shit out of me with ping pong paddles. <laughs> so I began to spend more time talking to my best friend, my turtle, more often. And his name is Turtle. <laughs> I, I, I was really nice to that turtle because I knew he was jealous of me because I had a ping pong ball. So I got him a girlfriend. Well, sure, it's a rock, but I don't think he knew the difference. I remember once I was talking to my turtle. I was like, hey, buddy, you should talk to your girlfriend. Otherwise, how will you go to Stanford? And then, don't think that you can't do it. Don't believe, don't believe others saying that you're not enough. You are enough. All you have to do is coming out of your shell. And after five hours, he got bored and ran away. I mean, I still remember that time when I was at the airport with my with my my family. It was very touching. Everyone was crying except my family. My mom's like, Ron, you should, you should, you should go there, and you all drink ice water. Don't drink, you all drink warm water. Don't drink ice water, or you're gonna die. And then go to Stanford and get married. My dad told me, Son, you have honored this family. Now go, go make more money. I need a bigger ping pong table. So I, I asked them. Hey guys, I'm gonna miss you. Are you gonna come see me? And my mom said, "Yeah, honey, of course. Whenever you get married, so we will see you at least three times." <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Wrong. Okay, so I don't. I that was fun. Um, that was a little story about a special relationship with a ping pong ball. Not doing your people any favor, dispelling the myth you guys have weird fetishes. Just, just saying. Um, well, who is next? Let's see. I looked and then I forgot. Um, probably because I smoked. Oh, it's Pam Benjamin. That's why. All right. Let's give it up for our sweet, sweet mutiny radio superstar. I'll be really fast because we are we we want to make sure. Are you sure? I looked at the list. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I trust you. All right, it's good. I'm funny about time. Uh, I'm funny. I'm weird about time. I'm good with time. Uh, I am freaked out about time though because uh, it's tick 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 down. We all have to vote soon, June 5th. Everybody excited to get a new mayor? 
Anybody give a shit about politics in the city? Who lives in the city? You don't, you don't, you do. All right. Yeah, we need to we need to worry about things. All of these people, they say they're going to help us, right? All of these unsolvable problems. There's 7,500 questionably housed people in San Francisco. I don't like to call them homeless because I think it stigmatizes them. But questionably housed problems. There's poop everywhere, right? The rents are out of this world. Things are crazy. There is one thing that is solvable in this city and no one has gotten behind it yet. There's only one motherfucking in and out in San Francisco. And this is a solvable problem. We can all get behind this problem. McDonald's seems to be disappearing from all over the cities. What are we filling it with? Nothing. I say, let's get an in and out in here. Oh, we're concerned about everybody else's happiness everywhere. Oh, we care about the happiness of people in Daly City. We can't even get there. You can't even take the bar to get there to the in and out. Unless you have, it's just, there isn't even, we have one in and out in this city, seven by seven. And where is it? Zavolf. Yes, for the tourists, for the German tourists. They don't even have a car. There isn't even a drive-thru. Why do we not care about the happiness of our own people in this motherfucking city? I say more in and outs here, right now. Solvable issue, June 5th. Getting on board. I love it. Yes. I'm not running for anything. I, I just want animal fries. I just, there are solvable problems and insolvable problems. Uh, I had another joke I wanted to talk about. Oh, God, you guys. I had the best, I guess they're calling them play dates now. I don't know how it works. But on Sunday, a young man invited me to his house in the Castro. And uh, we made French toast together and a fruit salad. And then we uh, walked to Dolores Park. We held hands part of the time. It was so great. Uh, when he used the bathroom, I didn't even have to wipe his ass. It was so amazing. He was so gentle. He listened to me all day, everything. He followed all my directions. It was like the best day. Got back to his house. His two moms gave me 100 bucks. I don't know if it was prostitution or a really great nanny job. No, I was nannying. He was four years old, you guys. What I'm saying is that four-year-olds are the best dates. They listen, follow directions. It's so nice. Really holding hands. How romantic, right? Four years old. What a doll. And I got paid. Like, I am, in the, I am in the right business. Usually I have to touch baby dicks for money. But once they turn four, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. They can clean out their own schmegma. You know what I'm saying? They know what they're doing. Uh, no, I do. I usually touch baby dicks for money when they're like 18 months old. And uh, all the nice moms in uh, San Francisco, they believe circumcision, his choice, his decision. And I say... Yeah, that's great. No, it's great. You just, you just means that your child's dick is going to be touched by more people than you thought when it was growing up. Because <laughs> a lot of people are trying to keep it clean. If it smells, it smells, once your child's dick smells like corn chips, you need to get a Q-tip. It's okay. No? I'm just, I'm just worried about, do I think about baby dicks too much? Is this, this is a, maybe a little bit, this is a problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's a solution. That's how I make money, according to I'm, I'm, that's all I'm, that's all I'm gonna do tonight. Thank you guys. Yeah. Amazing, Pam Benjamin. We love her so so much. I'm keeping it tight on the time. Where's our boy Kevin Bot? Botch? Kevin Botch? Oh my goodness. Can we make us laugh? Hello, everybody. How are we doing? I haven't been here in a while. It's good to see you. Um, I am glad I'm not at work. Yeah. Can we all agree with that? It's Friday. Yeah. 
I uh, I don't like my I'm not a you know my coworkers can be a little rough. Uh, I've had two two jobs most of my life, and they say a lot of weird stuff. Like uh, I went into work on Monday, and my boss was like, "Hey, good morning, Kevin. Your hair's thinning." And I was like, that's a, that's a great way to start the day. And I was like, you're bald. That doesn't make, you can't, you can't make fun of me for that. And um, I also work with a guy who at one point said to me, I know I'm a big guy, but I get sick too, man. I was like, what kind of a, what kind of a childhood did this guy have? Did he get bullied because his immune system worked too well? I don't really understand that one either. Uh, I also worked with a guy who once said, I can't wait to be old so I can be racist. It's like, nah, dude, that's not, it's not like qualifying for an early bird special. Like, you don't just get to be racist when you're 65. Um, I think my favorite one, though, was uh, a guy I used to work with back home in Pennsylvania, and we were talking about music, and at one point he said to me, he was like, I don't know, dude, there's just not any good songs anymore. I think all the good sounds have been used up. All the good sounds have been used up. If you're a musician, stop playing right now. You can't do it anymore. You can't do it. He feels the same way about music as the world does about bowling. Like, you, you can only get a 300, that's it. You're done. Why play anymore? I'm uh, currently going through a bit of a rough patch with my girlfriend. Uh, she decided over the weekend that we needed a break. Um, but she also... She also let me pay for breakfast first, which I, I like she didn't know it was coming. Like she didn't she didn't reach for the check. I don't know. I uh I got to work harder. That's what I got to do. I I I've been lazy. Uh and uh I really like I I've always known I had to work harder, especially like especially in high school because uh we had an awards assembly at the end of the year, and my parents got invited. And when I got home that day, they got the invitation. My mom held it up, and she was like, what the hell is this? Like, I had done something wrong. They were so surprised that they got invited to an awards assembly. But I didn't even win, like, a great award. I won sportsmanship, which is kind of lame. Like, that's just like, hey, we know you participated in sports. You didn't excel, but you were nice about it. I think I, think I got the sportsmanship award because every time I got fouled in basketball, I apologized that... I apologize for being in the way. Um, I also realized I had to work harder when community college stopped being a threat. In ninth and 10th grade, my parents were like, you know, if you don't start getting better grades, by the, when you graduate, all your friends are going to go away to college, and you're going to be stuck here in Reading, Pennsylvania with us, and you're going to hate it. And then by the, time, uh, by the time I was a senior, they were like, yeah, you know what? Community college is probably the right path for you. You could, uh, you could save a lot of money. You should really consider your options here. Um, I don't know. I uh, yeah, this girlfriend thing, man. It's been a, it's been a rough week for me. Uh, I just want the confidence of a thirty year old man with Down syndrome. Uh, my brother, my brother has Down syndrome, and he's he's uh, he's a cool guy. He's cooler than me. I was on the phone with him recently, and uh, he went to a dance with people he worked with, and he told me that his girlfriend wasn't there, and I was like, Ryan. What'd you do? Like, who'd you dance with? And he was like, other girls, botch. <laughs> I was like, I never would have thought of that. He's a, he's a smooth operator. Um, Annette was talking about Irish goodbyes earlier, and I am a huge, huge advocate. I, yeah, it's the best. Uh, my girlfriend is a fan of the Jewish goodbye, which is where you just don't leave. You just stay and talk and talk and talk. Um, 
But yeah, the Irish goodbye. I I, I Irish goodbyed uh, a friend's party a little while ago, and I had something happen that never happened before. Um, they texted me later that night, and they were like, "Hey, we noticed you left. What happened? Are you okay?" And I was like, "That's bullshit. That's not part of the deal of the Irish goodbye. Like, if you know you got Irish goodbyed, don't ask me about it. Like, if something terrible happened to me, you'll find out about it tomorrow. You know now." <laughs> You've put me in an awkward position. Hey, I'm done. My name is Kevin Botch. Thank you, guys. Hey, that was nice. Um, we have the Jewish goodbye as well in Minnesota. We call it the Minnesota goodbye because um, we don't have Jews there. Um, and we don't want them. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm so joking. Oh, my God. I'm so joking. I love all the... All the people. <laughs> we do. We have St. Jewish Park. It's just right outside Minneapolis, and it is very abundant. And the people are happy. There's many delis, and God bless everyone. Um, yeah, but we have the Minnesota Goodbye where you literally have to follow somebody out to their car and get at least two casserole recipes exchanged before anyone is allowed to leave a party. With that, we're going to bring up our boy Xavier Campos. I keep. I, I, I want to put the T at the end, but we'll wait to see if his set is good. Nice. Yeah, she's like, we'll, we'll wait to see if his act is trash before we put the T at the end of his last name. No, no. Um, I actually hear um, it's not too bad to be compared to Compost because somebody was like, hey, Compost has a future. Compost, you know, is a little bit better than trash. So I have goals, guys. I have aspirations. That's why I'm here tonight at Mutiny Radio. What's up, man? You guys ready? I'm ready for it, dude. I, I'm loving today. I'm having a good Friday. Um, I'm trying to fake the fun, guys. I'm a little depressed. Uh, I have to move back in with my mother on the summer. Oh, my goodness, right? What kind of shit is that? You know, being a mom is hard work, right? I think we can all agree on that. Being a mom is a tough job. So I called my mom up, and I was like, hey, looks like you're picking up a couple extra shifts this summer, baby. Get that couch ready, because I am a coming. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> No, um, I've been going through my phone lately, and I've been going through all these um, realizations. Uh, like, I, like, can we make some noise for moms, right? Like, all right, mom's great. Like, I love my mom. My sister's a brand new mom. I love her. But you guys, you know what I don't love? Oh, I don't love any time a mom tells a story. Like, is it just me? Like, anytime my mother tells me a story, I feel like she gets to her point via Google Maps. Like, we just circle around it a couple of times, and I'm like... I think you can let me off here. I don't know, but I do. Guys, I enjoy the scenic route, okay? I do. It's taught me to enjoy the small things in life. That's what, you know, loving your mom's all about. Um, no, um, talking to your mom really is a lot like Google Maps, right? Because, like, even if you have an idea of where you want to go, they'll put all these weird twists and turns in the way. You know, the next time your mom is talking to you and trying to give you life advice, just be in the back of your mind. Just be, like, redirecting. Redirecting. Re it's going to help you out, I promise. No, uh, talking to my dad isn't it? Like, let's, let's lay off. I, I'm doing mom jokes because it's Mother's Day weekend, uh, right? Um, uh, my talking better, though, you guys. Whenever he tells me a story, he's like leaving stuff out. He's making all these weird twists and turns. It's kind of like using the app Waze. It's like, dude, you're saving 30 seconds. You need to chill, okay? You need to calm down. We are still going to get there. And, you know, uh, the other day I was out um, getting some food at this taco place, and I see this beautiful woman, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm Mexican. I got a little bit of an in here, you know? And I walk up to her, and I'm like, hi, my name's Xavier, blah, blah, blah. She immediately started talking Spanish. I was like, whoa, 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 I'm not that type of Mexican, but I'm just looking for any type of point I can get. And then um, she just swiped right on my face. I was like, ow, oh, you know, I thank you, 
but I'm a person, you know, you got to show me a little bit of respect. No, uh, Tinder is a weird thing, you guys. Um, I like Tinder a lot because it's like, I want somebody that's, you know, been all around the world. I need to see pictures of them in every single continent but they still need to be white. Where can I find such a person? I need to download Tinder, apparently. The number one thing I'm jealous about on Tinder has to be all of the elephant rides, right? Like, where are all these women getting to ride these elephants? I'm so jealous. Like, I will sign up for whatever carnival cruise. I'll buy my ticket tomorrow. I just want to ride it. I just want to be ridden like that elephant, I think is what it is. You know what I mean? I'm a little sexually frustrated. I think it's just from swipe, 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 and nothing, nothing at all. Come on, San Francisco. <laughs> no, I do love San Francisco a lot. Um, this side of town especially, like, San Francisco is a dog city. Does anybody realize that? Like, a lot of dogs, a lot of service dogs, a lot of service animals, and I love that. Like, I love to pet dogs, but I notice on this side of town, there's like less and less dogs, but more and more piles of shit on the street. What's that about, you guys? I don't know. Okay, all right, I'm almost out of here. Um, San Francisco is a very tough place. I'm going to be moving out, but I'm going to be moving back. Um, the toughest part about San Francisco is finding a place. I think we can all agree. Like, there's a lot of slashes when you're looking for a place in San Francisco, right? It's like kitchen slash bathroom slash living room slash hallway. So I think that's just a box, right? I think that's just a box with a couple of spouts in it. But um, I think the, the hardest part about that is like trying to keep a bathroom clean. Just to make a long story less long, like I had a roommate, let's make up a name. His name was, was James, okay? He was very, very dirty. And um, like uh, I got kind of passive aggressive. I was like, well, I'm just not going to clean the bathroom. I'm going to see how long this goes, you know? A couple of weeks go by, and then he pulls me aside. He's like, hey, X, I don't know if you noticed, but the bathroom's getting kind of filthy. I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I was wondering if you can go in there and just do your thing. And guys, this just struck a nerve. I was like, do your, like I told you a little bit earlier, I'm Mexican. So I was like, what does that mean? Like you realize I can't clean any better than you, blah, 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 blah. Thinking of all this stuff to say. And then I notice on the sink, there's a little envelope. And then he's off in the next room, just kind of fucking off. And like, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at the envelope. I pick up the envelope, I'm looking at him, looking at the envelope. And then I open it up and you guys, there's a little bit of money in there. And I'm like, ooh, this is really starting to get to me. So right as I'm working up just what I'm going to say to him, I look one more, I take one more look at this money and you guys, I just picked up the Clorox and I started cleaning the bathroom. Thank you so much, Muni Radio. Oh man, that is fucking wrong. Um, I'm supposed to clean the bathroom at my house. Um, we're having a party tomorrow. I actually didn't notice we have like a tack board. I didn't even notice that that my tack was on the upstairs. I read it wrong. I thought it was like the downstairs bathroom where nobody uses, so I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> it's just been getting dirtier for a while. It's not terrible, but yes, cleaning the bathroom, living with housemates. I'm going off to the mountains to live in a beautiful home for the next three months and get paid to be there. So fuck you, San Francisco. I'm not gonna step in the shit on your streets. All right, with that being said, um, we have our next comic. His name is Max. I was not able to f exactly pronounce his last name. Is it's Mawakasin? What is it? Huh? Mawachini. All right, Max Mawachini. Perfect. All right, cool. Uh, uh, this crowd kind of died down a little bit. Huh? <laughs> I uh, when Rong was talking about his friends, like the turtle and the ping pong ball, I was picturing the opening scene of that show Friends. You know, where like Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston are dancing in the the fountain. But instead, it's wrong dancing with his turtle and like a, a ping pong ball dancing with like a beanie baby. There's maybe like a chess piece over there somewhere, or something like that. I don't. 
So is anybody here not bipolar or uh, on the spectrum? Because I feel like that's been the whole. I feel like that's been the whole show. That and like, I don't know. I don't know what to talk about. Like that's. People talk about dating apps too. Like I don't even have internet on my phone, so I don't even like. I've got, I've got nothing. I've just got a, which is why I'm gonna tell you about my toothpaste. Uh, I uh, I was looking at my toothpaste this morning. And I noticed that it has directions on it, and I was like, who is that? For? Like I've never opened my toothpaste and been like, I cannot for the life of me remember what I'm supposed to do next. You know, like, do I put it in my toothbrush or I put it in the microwave? You know, I was picturing somebody just like putting it on the counter. You know. And they're just like, oh, this doesn't look right, you know? Like, I feel like I skipped a step, right? Like, is there a YouTube tutorial I can consult? And I feel like if you don't know how to use toothpaste, then like you probably don't have teeth, most likely, because you're either like a baby or you've never, you've never used toothpaste before, I think. So Pam, are you really gonna try to monetize those 40 million downloads we get every time? Yeah. All right, cool. Is there gonna be like a Mutiny Radio IPO or something or? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> all right. I just thought the, the idea of this place going. <laughs> I thought the idea of this place going public was funny, but I maybe not. I mean, it's like too close. We're like, hey, all right, but you know, uh, I'll donate. By the way, <laughs> uh, so I, I have an aunt who has. She has the same birthday as Martin Luther King Jr., and she likes to tell people about it. You know, like she'll remind you, like like this Pat. <laughs> Like this past MLK day, she uh, she posted on Facebook something like, so proud to share a birthday with such an inspiring man. And I was like, why are you proud? Like you didn't do anything, you didn't do anything. Like, I, like that's just random. Like I, I, I commented back, I was like, hey, guess what? I just rolled a two and a six in Yahtzee. So it's pretty much the same thing, don't you think? Like, I don't know. Um, so I, uh, let's see, I, uh, I went to Iceland like about a year and a half ago and I flew Wow Airlines because it's, it's cheap. So like I looked at the prices and I was like, wow, all right. I guess that's, I guess that's why they call it wow, right? Uh, so I flew to Iceland and when I got there, I found out they lost my bag. Yeah, I was like, wow, like good job, good job guys. I guess, I guess that's why they call it wow. You know, like that was the day I learned that it's pronounced sarcastically. That's really the only airline you can pronounce sarcastically, right? You couldn't, you couldn't really be like Southwest. They'd be... <laughs> They'd be like, why, why are you saying it that way? Like, are you, are you implying that we're a different direction? Like, well, I, I am about to fly from LA to DC, whatever direction that is, Northeast, yeah. But it's a round trip flight, so catch me on the way back. I might, might pronounce it differently on the way back, you know? The other thing that I think was funny about that too, you guys will be the judge, like I, I went to the customer support counter to like figure out where it was. So a lady asked for an ad, like my local address. So I went with some friends, so they gave me like a printout from like the Airbnb host that had the address, but the address didn't have a house number. It just said like the street name and then it said upper floor. So like, I was like, this can't be right. You know, and, and the lady looked at it and she was like, oh no, this is fine. And I was like, what? Like, are you sure? Like, how are you going to, how are you going to find it? Like, she, she's basically just like, you're not getting your bag back. Like, we don't care. Like, we're not like, you saw how cheap, you saw how cheap this flight was. You really think we're going to deliver it to where you're staying locally? Just forget it. And like my, all my warm clothes were in that bag and I was about to, I was about to spend a week in a country that's named after frozen water. So that wasn't, that wasn't fun. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I, yes, uh, so I turned 29 recently. Uh, that's exciting, right? <laughs> uh, and I'm getting to the age where a lot of my friends are getting married 
And a lot of the women aren't taking their husband's name. You know, it's great. It's a real slap in the face to our male dominated society. If you ignore the fact that they're just keeping their father's name, right? It's, it's like, nice, nice try ladies. But, uh, we've been working on this patriarchy thing for quite a while. You know, you're not going to, not going to turn this ship around in one generation. We're, we're ready for you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. you, Max, speaking the truth about the continued indoctrination of the patriarchy into the people that we are definitely still trying to dismantle it, dismantle the patriarchy. Yo. Uh, right? Yo? Can I get a yo, yo. bitches? Patriarchy? Yo. The fuck? What? You, we don't owe land and shit. <laughs> That's not, we're not landed genty. Landed genties. The land of genties. All right. Um, I keep forgetting to look at like who's next. I think this one is Chris. I think it is Chris Ferdinandson. And it's his birthday. Yes. Thank you very much, everybody. Today is my birthday. I am 23 years old. That's right. I have now been doing stand-up comedy for five years. For five fucking years. I've gone from the point, hold on, let me put some dollars in the jar, as you all should. Um, I've gone from the point of being impressed when I tell people how long I've been doing it, just super embarrassed. Like, I'll be at an open mic, somebody's like, hey man, I recognize you. I'm like, yeah, I recognize you too, dude. How long you been doing it? He's like, six months. I'm like, fuck, fuck. We're at the same spot, damn it. Doing the same shit all the time. I'm an open mic comedian, you guys. I'm an open mic comedian. And I tell people I do that during the day, and they're like, oh, so like people want you to perform places? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. I show up super early, and I put my name on a piece of paper, and then they have to let me go on stage. That is what I do as an open mic comedian. Uh, my brothers, it, it, I've been thinking about a lot about my life and shit now that I'm 23. You know, you got to get in perspective at 23. <laughs> <laughs> My brothers are fucking 20. I, I got twin little brothers. They're 20, and they're killing it. One of my brothers uh, just bought a new car. He works for the state. He's a surveyor. He's 20. He invested like $20,000 in an app idea him and his girlfriend had, and it's going to launch soon. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. my, my other brother is currently on tour opening for a band with his band and fucking crushing it, and I have court on Thursday. Like, this is the difference... Between me and my fucking brothers, it's always been that way, too. It's all, they were always star athletes. Like, uh, always growing up, fucking straight A star athletes. I was fucking popping 20 milligrams of Ritalin every morning. And, like, I'm trying my hardest. I'm trying my hardest to get C's. Like, why aren't you learning? Take more meth. Take more meth. Why aren't you learning? Take more. Come on. Come on. Why aren't you learning? Jesus Christ. I had to take a test when I was, like, 12 to find out if I had a learning deficiency. And how do you study for something like that? <laughs> you can't really study for that sort of test, dude. So but by, by the time I was 18, I, I started uh, doing something better. I started trading my Ritalin for weed, which is uh, way fucking better, dude, way fucking. I started smoking weed. My parents were like, I can't believe you're getting high. I'm like, I've been doing meth for eight years. Like, it, it's, it's not, it's actually way more chill than what you've been feeding me with fucking breakfast. All right, it's actually way better than that. I remember every day for eight years not eating lunch or dinner. That is, uh, that is exactly what I remember. It's so surprising I'm 5'11". It is so surprising I made it past 5'6". Holy shit. 
Holy fucking shit. I, uh, I had a friend die recently. Anybody have friends die? Anybody know that shit happen? On their Facebook page, everybody's like, bro, you're my ride or die, homie. You're my ride or die. I'm like, maybe he used to be, but he's dead. He made that choice. He's no longer a ride or die, he died. I'm very unpopular on Facebook. People never like my comments. It's very not cool anymore. I had a, it was my, uh, it was my Eskimo brother. You guys know what Eskimo brothers are? Not quite. Uh, Eskimo brothers, if you don't know, is when you and another dude have had sex with the same girl. That makes you Eskimo brothers. And you got to keep in contact with those Eskimo brothers. You got to be like, what's, what, what's up, dude? It's like just banging your old girl. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Been there, done that. Hell yeah, dude. What are you doing? Banging your old girl. Oh, we're real. We're, we're Eskimo twins. We're Eskimo twins now. Holy shit. Holy shit. That's fucking crazy. My Eskimo brother um, fucking went off into the woods in Portland and backpacked as he would do regularly. And then he never came back for like six months and they found his camp and they found his car and he in so worst case scenario I lost my Eskimo brother best case scenario he's a fucking Eskimo that is the (laughs) best case scenario for this whole thing we don't know we don't it's not sad actually I'm making it a joke it's actually I'm actually making it a a a laughable thing it's not too bad I got I used to get high and play trumpet in my high school jazz band until I found out my high school didn't have a jazz band. <laughs> and I don't even play trumpet, so what the fuck was I doing? I don't know, it was fucking good weed though. Good fucking weed. I'm excited for those edibles, Pam. You said you had some good edibles later? Yeah, fuck yeah. Best you've ever made, hell yeah, hell yeah. I remember I had a situation with edible when I was in a band. I w- we took a band trip to San Francisco University and before I bought a, a cookie from the club that a friend had bought me and I ate half the cookie and it was the only food I had. So on the bus ride down, I started to get real hungry. And I, <laughs> and you know what happens next? I ate the rest of the cookie. And then we're fucking, we're, we're there in San Francisco. We're getting ready for, for setting up for all our band shit. I'm lost. I am lost in a university at like four, uh, I was probably 16. I was 16 years old. I was walking around San Francisco University lost. And if only then I would have known how many more years of my life I would spend lost in universities high on edibles. Like if only at that point I would know I had a solid probably 10 more years walking around colleges being like, where am I? I'm so high. I'm so high. Where the fuck am I? Holy shit. Yeah. You ever uh, do acid and see Finding Nemo 3D? I, like in theaters, I don't suggest it. I don't suggest it at all because there's a chance the acid might not kick in. Then you're just an adult watching Finding Nemo 3D by yourself. Or it does kick in and you don't realize something that you thought wouldn't happen in the first place. You're surrounded by children and there's a bunch of children and they don't appreciate how intensely you're laughing at things that aren't jokes, things that aren't funny. They're getting weirded out. They're getting a little weirded out. Thank you guys very much. I've had a good time up here. Keep it going. Times I took mushrooms and went to cocoa, and that is true. <laughs> it was a great idea. I recommend it. Our next comic is Kayla Keller. She's coming right up. Make us laugh. Hi guys. Oh man, I realized uh, recently that the reason my relationship lasted for eight years was not because of love. It was because of just perseverance. Just solid perseverance. And every time I would break up with my partner, he would just go, no, 
no, let's just get brunch. If we just keep this rolling, you won't remember that we're breaking up. And it worked for eight years, that's a pro tip. You can do that shit indefinitely. Just be like, oh, we don't need to be happy. Let's get brunch. Let's just keep it moving forward. No one needs actual fulfillment. I was like, no, dude, seriously, this is the last time. Pack up your shit. I was like, I'm, I'm in it. Like, pack up your shit. And I was like, being cool, giving him time. I was like, he's in the back room packing up his shit right now. Like, he gets the message. He gets it. It was taking a little too long. I'm like, he gets it. And I, I was like, I'm just going to scope it out. And I look around the corner, and he's just trimming his beard. I was like, no. Like, you, this is, you did not get the message. Get the fuck out of here. He's like, I just need a trim beard if we're going to just ignore this forever. I need it to be a little more clean cut. A little more clean cut for this. I think that like the ultimate form of feminism would be uh, if women could just not know that they're pregnant. I think it's so unfair that, that men can be like pregnant without being involved. Like I would love that, you know, like I would love that. I feel like that's like the, the main oppression. If we could just like outsource fetuses somewhere else so that everybody can be equal and procreate equally, that would be wonderful. I'm down with kids in jars is all I'm saying. Science, get on that, come on. Free the women. Free our uteruses, kids in jars, 2018. <laughs> the future is now. <laughs> Don't take acid in a hotel room late at night is all I'm saying. <laughs> Just everything in jars. Everything's going to be fine. Oh, man. I, uh, I have to like sneak around my house when my kids are home. If I want to get anything done, I cannot make eye contact with them. It's like a zombie movie. You're just trying to be as quiet as possible. Like, I just need to get into this convenience store. We just need to restock. Don't look at them. <laughs> Don't look them in the eyes and we can get through this. Like, as soon as I make a noise, I'm like, oh, no, they're coming. Just screaming at the bathroom door. Like, what are you doing in there? I'm like, could I just have five fucking minutes? Like, no. <laughs> no, you can't. You know what you signed up for. Constant. It's constant. I'm just like, God damn it. That's why I'm here now. I'm like, I, I don't do stand-up comedy. I just also don't do mothering, so. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's why I'm here. That's what this is about. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I feel like it's, kids are a great thing. Like everybody underestimates how great kids are. Like I think that's the secret. Like if people knew how great children are, like everyone would have them and that would be a problem. So it's good. It's good that everyone thinks it's gonna be miserable because it like saves it for the rest of us to enjoy. You know, like most people I'd be like, yeah, fuck your kids. You should for sure not have kids. I understand that. Not me though. I get to have this. This is for me. <laughs> get on this level. <laughs> oh man, I. Uh, it's weird because like my mom moved in with us, and uh, it's weird seeing like parenting from a different perspective, just m multiple layers of parenting in one household, and being like, "Oh, you're parenting my kids, but you parented me," and the paradigm shift is palpable. I don't know. <laughs> this is not good. Like you, we saw what happened the first time around, and we're we're re-upping with you, so. This is a questionable contract. She's always like, this is not my first roadie. And I'm like, I know I was there <laughs> for the first one, which is why I'm very concerned right now. <laughs> this is why I'm lodging a complaint right now. Uh, but she's still there because I give her weed tincture so she can't leave. I'm like, don't question it, mom. Do you need more pot? I'm going out tonight. <laughs> All right, guys, that's been my time. Thanks. That was very, very funny. I like it. I like it. Kayla, you can come back. Uh, <laughs> all right. And we have one more comic for tonight. It's been really a lot of fun. I'm really uh, grateful to Pam Benjamin for keeping this place going and uh, all the comics that showed up and did their jokes tonight. And for our boy on the, on the board back there, jo George, right? George. Woo! 
With the bad handwriting. All right. I don't remember names. Someone else said it again. Thank God. Um, I don't look at the names on the list. But Yvette is our next comic, and she's going to bring it home tonight. So thank you so much. I'm Amy Bebo. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you. You guys keep it going for your host, for Pam, of course, and for your sound guy. And you can go ahead and cut it off. I don't care. It's all right, because I'm just trying to try out some new stuff anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm not practicing or whatever. Anyway, so hey, good to see you. You came a long way. This guy drove a long way. He drove like four hours just to be over here. I know that for sure. So I know. I know. Just props to you. That's cool. That's cool. I, I really like him. Okay. Fuck him. Um, so, no, yeah, so we were talking earlier about, uh, uh, people were talking about being Jewish earlier. I don't know what happened, but it's like half of my family was Jewish and the other half was Catholic. Uh, I don't know what's up with that. I got the Catholic side. You know, I feel like I'm really missing out. I got, like, all the guilt, but, like, half the holidays. You know? <laughs> it's just... I don't know. It's just it's kind of fucked up on that one. Uh, but, you know, and some of you were talking about uh, parents and parenting and all of that and um, your parents. Well, my mom is 86 years old. She just moved in with me, too. <sighs> I know. You know how they say that saying that uh, kids say the darndest things? Well, old people say the most fucked up shit. And they say it out loud, too. It's unbelievable. Like, I mean, uh, I'm driving around with my mom, and she's like, she doesn't want to go to the store um, because she just doesn't feel like going there. And I'm like, well, let's just go to that one down the street. You know, oh, no, I don't go to that store. It's the Vallarta store. Why not, Mom? She goes, because there's too many Mexicans. I'm like, and what the fuck are you? You know, she's like, well, not that kind. I'm like, and what kind is that? She's like, they don't have jobs. I'm like, you don't either. You know, and I said, and first of all, yes, they do have jobs. And she goes, yeah, but I got insurance. I'm like, oh, my God. And she says that shit out loud, too, you know. But at the same time, you know, as a, at the same time that they say fucked up shit, they also say some really spot on stuff, you know. It's amazing. Like, um, I was saying to my mom, you know, I was just kind of bummed out, and I was like, you know, I'm feeling kind of bummed out. Mom, thinking I'm going to get some kind of support, some kind of words of advice. And she just kind of goes like, who do you think you are? Privileged? She's like, oh, no, you can't afford to be depressed. You think you're going to be able to go to, the, uh, to see a physician and get some Prozac? She's like, no, have a shot of tequila and drive to work. <laughs> she literally just, I mean, I couldn't believe that. And then anything that I said was like, well, just think if you were having labor right now. That's her answer to everything, because nothing is as bad as having labor, you know? And I, I get that, I know, as a woman and stuff, but still, nothing is, anyway. Okay, I'll work on that shit some more. All right, thank you guys for doing that. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to tell you about my mom is that, um, you know, it used to be that she would say, I'm praying for you, and um, I would just kind of roll my eyes, you know? But now as she's getting older, I'm finding that she's calling in everybody else. She starts off now with Jesus, Maria, y Jose. You know, she's calling in everybody. So now I'm thinking, maybe I need to start praying too, just to make sure that they get my side of the story. Uh, I don't know. All right, uh, what else do I want to tell you? You guys see that sport, watch the Olympics? You see that sport called curling? What the fuck is that? Curl like, there is no curling involved. The meat, that looks like mopping. <laughs> Who knew that all along we were doing an Olympic sport? You know, and I didn't know that all I needed was a sponsor, not a spouse. 
Oh, that's fucked up, huh? I know, but I like that one. Okay, one last thing I want to say because I'm getting the light um, is I'm glad that uh, there, we have ethnic holidays, you know, which is cool. Like we just had Cinco de Mayo, right? And now we got Juneteenth coming up, and that's cool too. But at the same time, I think, you know what? We're in a new era. It would be cool to have, like, just to be more cross cultural. And I'm inspired to say that from my cousin who's like the ultimate Chicano. Like, he loves St. Patrick's Day. I mean, he does. After throwing down a few green ones, he likes to go around and tell people, Orale, I'm a leprechano. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you. And we're going to say goodbye tonight, I guess, for the Hollywood Happy Do Da Babu Babu, the Mutiny Radio Happy Hour. Have a good night. And coming up next is the fantastic, fantastic comedy hour. We're dope two hours. There's no hours in this. Next week, I'll tell some jokes. Goodbye. Yeah.
provided Cass. Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Run! 